0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Promenade Merchants podcast. We are a podcast that talks about Star Trek. We are totally independent, and we thank you for tuning in. I'm David Majors. I'm back, and I am joined once again by my fantastic co-host, Heather Kirby. Heather, we're back. We're doing Promenade Merchants (laughs) again.
1: We're back. Back, you know that 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 is the perks of being a truly independent podcast. Which is, if life gets in the way, we can take a little break. But we're back, and,
0: and life definitely got in the way. It definitely did, but we are back. And we are here to talk about Star Trek, and we thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Now, we are sort of going to break from our normal three-act format a little bit, just because we have a lot of Star Trek to catch up on. So uh, for the old business, new and upcoming, we're just going to kind of table that this episode, and we're going to do a bit of a catch-up, since Heather and I haven't talked Star Trek in a little bit.
1: So, but David, I forgot to tell you. We have a new co-host. You know we We, have a new co-host, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A a, a new feline co-host.
0: Oh, please introduce me.
1: Okay. So his name is Elliot Spencer Kirby. He is a pint-sized little jungle gym daredevil. So if I randomly squeal, it's because he's climbing up my leg as we're recording.
0: (laughs) Well, hello, Elliot. Welcome to the show. The internet loves cats, so I'm sure our numbers will go up and we are off and running uh so last we left off we had just finished talking about star trek strange new Worlds season two episode eight under the cloak of war and now we are getting into episode nine the much anticipated subspace rhapsody aka the musical episode musical now when this was first announced Star Trek fans far and wide had very strong opinions on it uh, one way or the other and now it is here S- Subspace Rhapsody uh premiered it was when we were at STLV in Las Vegas I believe or yes. or the week before or uh, or no, the week no, of
1: no it was the week of okay
0: yep. And, yeah, there were already T-shirts, and it was much, much talked about. Uh, So, the Enterprise fell into a spatial anomaly that caused them all to sing and dance occasionally. And this turned into a musical episode of Star Trek. Heather, tell me, how did you feel about this episode?
1: I love this episode with my whole entire heart. Okay. And, and I, I just want to clarify this. Like, yes, I love musicals, but that's I, I'm not biased in the fact that I love musicals. And so I must love this episode. Like if I think the way this episode is written is incredibly smart. I think doing a musical episode in a TV show like this can come off extremely cheesy and extremely weird. But I love that they really gave thoughts into why it was happening and what was causing it and ultimately like what prompted them to break into song. Uh, because especially as a lover of music, and I know you love music as well, David, you know, music is an outlet for really expressing emotions. And that's what this episode embraced. And it took like each of these characters' emotions from their story throughout the season and expressed them in song. And it was just done so, so well. And we have such a talented cast. And I know there was some auto tune used in there, and some of them aren't natural singers, but some of them are. And I, I, I think it was absolutely wonderful. It, it makes my heart sing. I, I bought the soundtrack. I listen to it on a regular basis. It, it, it just this this episode makes me so happy.
0: I really enjoyed this episode, too. Uh, I have been known to enjoy the occasional musical now and then. I, I did enjoy the Sweeney Todd, if you will. I really had fun with this. I like that they built an actual Star Trek plot and episode out of it, and they made the singing make sense within the plot. And it worked really well for me. I liked that they had characters having these major character moments for their arcs throughout the season. With Captain Pike and Captain Patel. uh, Spock and Nurse Chapel. Laon and just expressing herself and her emotions. uh, Jim Kirk and uh, Number One uh, talking about what it means to be a commanding officer and, and... All of these kinds of things, and and the the friendship between La'an and Number One, all of these major character beats that have happened throughout the series were hit on, and I thought they were done really, really well. I absolutely loved the song, I'm the X. That one stayed in my regular rotation for a long, long time. And I might go back to it after we're done with this episode and i was i'm not gonna say pleasantly surprised because i expected to enjoy it and i enjoyed it a lot so for me once again star trek strange new worlds it reaches it tries something new it tries something different and lo and behold it worked and we have another great moment in modern star trek
1: yeah, most definitely. Um I pr- probably the the song that sticks in my head the most is Keep Us Connected and Celia is just a fantastic singer and like there's there's so much heart and god darn it it makes me cry every time I listen to that song, but I love it so much. And then like just uh we are one at the end, just hearing everyone come together and singing together as a crew. And, and it, it, it's kind of, it's what Star Trek's all about as what musicals are all about. And so it came together so well. And I just, I love this episode. I'm, I, I'm so happy it exists. And I keep saying that about episodes in strange new world season two and I, I, I can't help it. I, I'm so happy this episode exists. I really I am. am
0: happy it exists too. I'm happy for people that love it. I'm happy for people that really enjoyed it. And I'm just happy that Star Trek is still willing to take risks in some degree. And I'm happy those risks work. So I think this was a, a hit all around. Subspace Rhapsody. Uh, let's move on to the season finale episode 10 hegemony where the ship the USS Cayuga captain by Marie Battelle uh, was ambushed by the Gorn dun 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 the Gorn are back and the Enterprise uh, has to go and find a way to save the crew of the Cayuga and Captain Battelle and I don't know. This episode, for me, Heather, it didn't really quite click for me until the very, very end. There, there was just something about this episode that just felt off. It seemed like there was a lot kind of crammed into this episode. We saw Scotty. We saw Patel. We saw some spock and and nurse chapel stuff it just seemed like there was a lot happening in this episode and until we got to the ending it didn't really quite click for me
1: um yeah i can see where you're coming from for that there's definitely a lot going on in this episode and it's, it's one of those things where you're like, I don't understand how they're going to wrap this up. There's so much going on. And then you realize at the end, when you see those three dreaded words, that they have no intention of wrapping it up. <laughs> and they left you It's hanging. like
0: 1990 all over again.
1: <laughs> um, but I enjoyed it as a whole. And I think it really followed up on a lot of the things throughout the season, especially with Spock and Chapel and Pike and Patel. Um, I feel like there's more of a story as to how Scotty got in there. That just felt kind of thrown in as a way to introduce Scotty. So, um, as for the Gorn, I. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't have strong feelings about the Gorn one way or another, except for the fact they killed Hammer. Um <laughs> But I I don't know. I know there's some people that have very strong feelings about the way Strange New Worlds has handled the Gorn. <clears throat> and I think it's 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 kinda hard to really argue that point because we see the Gorn in one episode in TOS in which they are treated like a sentient uh, alien species Um, but ever since then they've been treated more like monsters and so I think it's hard to take that one episode and then say like because all the other rest of the the episode it's hard to treat them like a sentient species and I get it but at the same time I do feel like Strange New Worlds is leaning more into the alien-esque monster aspect of the Gorn than actually treating them like an organized uh empire which is what they really are
0: I was thinking about this, too, in relation to how Strange New Worlds is, is treating the Gorn. And I remember the scene from this episode where Pike and Admiral April were talking about the Gorn, and Pike was pretty dead set on calling them monsters, that in his mind, that's just who they are. And maybe... I'm giving Strange New Worlds a little credit here. Maybe a little too much. Maybe I'm putting a little too much optimism in in Strange New Worlds. But maybe that's what they're trying to do. Maybe that's the point they're going with. And that maybe they're kind of starting from one point with the Gorn in the early seasons. And maybe they will kind of grow into having a different opinion on the Gorn as time rolls on maybe that's what they're going into and I was just brainstorming that a little bit when it came to the Gorn what do you think
1: I mean yeah I I could see it they they're definitely treating them as the main adversary for strange new worlds it's definitely the Gorn over anything else and so I think at some point that does have to evolve f- from treating them like monsters to actually treating them like an intelligent adversary. Because there's signs there that they're going to eventually treat them like that. But the, the attitude, especially towards most of the characters towards the Gorn is to treat them like monsters. So, yeah, I could see that.
0: It might be, it might be as we say in the wrestling world, long-term storytelling, Heather.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, if Paramount paid their writers and actors a fair wage, then we could get long-term storytelling. Just we saying. We could.
0: Support the WGA and SAG-AFTRA. Okay, so that wraps up Season 2 of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Now, Heather, with Season 1, you were lukewarm on Season 1. I had very high marks for Season 1. I get the impression that Season 2, your opinion might be a little bit different. So I'm definitely interested in how you feel about season two of strange new worlds
1: i love season two of strange new worlds i loved it um yes to me it is heads and tails over season one um i also would go as far to say it's probably one of my favorite seasons of star trek in the current era Um, I I think it was fantastic. I just, I love the variety. I love the idea they weren't afraid to try different things and bring different feels and do outrageous things like crossover with an animated show, have a musical episode, have a courtroom episode, have a time travel episode just featuring uh, a character that wasn't spock una or pike and like show something major like baby khan you know I, I they they just they went there and it it was awesome yeah uh two thumbs up five stars
0: Loved all right it. all right i would probably give season two of strange new worlds Four stars probably four because i feel like the highs of season two were exceptionally high some of the best star trek i have ever watched the lows of season two really did not grab me at all and season one for me was more of a consistent quality watch whereas season two was really really good and then just kind of yeah and then really really good and then kind of eh. and there was there was a lot of up and down for me in season two i loved that they were willing to take risks with the episodes that they were doing some of them worked really well some eh, not so much I will give them an A- for season two. I I think I gave season one an A-, minus, so I'm giving season two an A-, so I really liked both. Uh, I am still very, very high on Strange New Worlds. I do think they still need to make an Ortegas episode, which will happen if the writers are paid.
1: Okay. I just want to put this out there because I hear everyone saying this. And let me sit there and tell you that we have had two full seasons and we only have one main roster character that hasn't had a focused episode. They didn't do that in Discovery. mm They didn't do that in Picard. mm <laughs> Okay. So they are ahead.
0: And they're even doing that with Lower Decks. <laughs>
1: Well, I I classify the animated shit in their own category, but Strange New Worlds is ahead of the other two live action shows in that aspect. Okay, so I get it. Everybody loves Ortega's. You want to have an Ortega's episode? I get it. But at the same time, I don't want to hear the complaint that they are not focusing on characters. Oh, they definitely are. They are. They are going around. They are focusing on different characters. They are highlighting different aspects of the characters. The we only got two Dr. Omega episodes. Yeah, The only one that has not had that opportunity yet is Ortega. Okay. And she will get her time like that is far and above the amount of character work that Picard and discovery did in their first two seasons so you've got to give strange new worlds that that props
0: absolutely 100 percent um in season one i was maybe the only person that i saw saying i would really like to see more with dr abenga and i'm satisfied now in that regard i am completely satisfied to me he feels like a much more fleshed out character and genuinely a part of the crew I'm hoping for the same for Ortega's. I'm just hoping for the same. And I've said, once I'll say it again, I'm very optimistic about season three of Strange New Worlds. I am certain I will enjoy it. I am certain it will be good. And I, I have no reason not to believe otherwise. I'm, I'm looking at the first two seasons of this show and I'm saying, this is fantastic. This is a great TV show. And as we know with Star Trek series, season three is where most of them really kick into high gear. So it's only going to get better from what, from what I can
1: tell. Yeah. As long as studios pay their writers and actors. So they can
0: Support the work. SAG-AFTRA and WGA. All right. We've covered Strange New Worlds. Let's talk about season 4 of Star Trek Lower Decks. We got two brand new episodes for the premiere. Let me just pull this up here. The Decks for season 4 and the season premiere of season pr- of season 4 was entitled Tuvix. And oh boy, there was all sorts of conversations about this when this episode title was revealed what did you think of this episode Heather Tuvix episode one of season four
1: um I hate Tuvix discourse I thank I, you I, I really thank you do. so much
0: I'm so um, sick of
1: Tuvix discourse I, I I really hate Tuvix discourse so I'm I'm not a fan of this episode Um, The only thing I will say is that they did an excellent job having a ridiculous amount of callbacks to Voyager without actually having any guest stars from Voyager in the episode. (laughs) Um, I I love seeing Voyager again. I love seeing all the little different callbacks to it. Uh, Tubic's. Janeway did nothing wrong. <laughs>
0: Let's just never talk about Tuvix ever again, can we?
1: Janeway did nothing wrong. Tuvix needed to die. Um, the whole, like, I'm going to build an army of freaking uh, mutated senior staff was just, oh, scratch my head crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, no. Nah. Not a fan. Um, so I, I'm glad and and it it shows what an awesome addition to Lynn is that this episode highlighted because she was just like, "I'm going to use the Vulcan logic and just separate them all." <laughs> and it so. worked. And it worked. Um, but it it also worked because she somehow combined them all together. And then Tindy had to show her the importance of getting to know people and use their characteristics in order to separate them. And so, yeah, the, the, the point of it was get, gotten across, but I, I, I could have done without the tubix discourse because I, I don't want to hear it. Janeway did nothing wrong. That's all I'm saying.
0: What I liked about this episode and what I like about Lower Decks in general is that it is not afraid to get totally crazy with Star Trek because they're in space and all sorts of, as Mariner would say, crazy sci-fi shit can happen. And that's exactly what this episode was. And I love that the animation medium allows for something this outlandish to happen. I loved how much fan service and callback they had to voyager voyager itself was beautifully animated it looked fantastic uh i love the voyager bridge i've said that so many times i love the ship design of voyager it might be my favorite ship i just think it was fantastic and this was also the episode where our lower deckers well most of them got promoted we got promoted And Mariner got promoted. (laughs) Tendi got promoted and got a huge round of applause because everybody loves Tendi. And our boy Brad Boimler got promoted to Lieutenant Junior grade. And I thought that was really cool. We're finally seeing the Lower Deckers move up. I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's nice to definitely see them move up after... Um, three seasons. <laughs> so it, it, it would have been comic gold but also a little annoying to see them remain ensenced the entire time. So,
0: And of course, Meritor didn't like getting promoted and she had a problem with Commander Ransom about it. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Jack Ransom later. I have some opinions on Jack Ransom. I don't know if anybody else agrees with them but... <laughs> After these two episodes and, and a few times in Lower Decks in the past, I've, I've developed a, an opinion on Jack Ransom that I want to talk about in the next episode. Um, also, we saw there was a ship that took out a Romulan ship and a Klingon ship. And that looks like we might have our kind of seasonal arc of, this, of season four. So that'll be something to look forward to.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it definitely looks, because we saw them at the end of this first episode take out the Klingons, and the beginning of the next episode take out the Romulans. So Mm -hmm. there's definitely something going on with that that we will run into at some point.
0: Now, episode two, I have no bones, yet I must flee. Mariner thinks that Ransom is screwing with her and she's going to go out of her way to get herself demoted back to ensign because that's just what she does and there's also a mission with a menagerium and we have another museum type of episode of Star Trek which we've seen before and that leads us to what else the moopsie <laughs> Moopsy has taken Trekkies by storm, Heather. Of course, it drinks your bones. This was fun. I, I really had a lot of fun with this episode. Uh, we see more of Tendian to Lynn. Uh, we got Rutherford, got his promotion to Lieutenant Junior Grade, despite Livick in engineering. And... I, I really had fun with this. I, I, I'm i really liking the Tendi to Lynn dynamic a lot. And I, I have some opinions on Jack Ransom, but I want to know what you thought about this episode.
1: So I, I definitely enjoyed this episode better than the first one. Um, I'm not a big fan of menagerie episodes either. Uh, but I liked the whole dynamic with the lower deckers really finding their footing after their promotions and also Rutherford trying to find a way to get promoted and then ultimately Tindy discovering like he turned down a whole bunch of promotions because he wanted to stay with them so it was just like hey can he have that promotion he turned down Um I thought that was a cool way to bring that about <laughs> um plus the whole dynamic of boimler finding his new room (laughs) in very awkward places on the ship um so yeah and i i don't know what to think about the dynamic between uh mariner and ransom because there's elements of their, there's elements of their working dynamic that I don't really like because it's I, I, I mean, the, the, there's certain things that come off to me as kind of uh, toxic masculinity in the power dynamic between Ransom and Mariner Um, so yeah I I, I have some issues with that too there's just I I don't know really what else to say about it because I I can't really put words to how I feel about it but there's something about it that makes me feel icky okay (laughs) we'll leave it at that (laughs)
0: I was thinking about that too. And I was thinking about that same dynamic. But it really made me think more about Mariner than Jack Ransom. Because Mariner is always doing things kind of her own way, doing whatever she wants. And all her career... Commanding officers in Starfleet have demoted her, have punished her, and that feeds Mariner's ego. She gets to be the rebellious one, the cool one that doesn't play by anybody's rules. But Jack Ransom called her bluff. And that, to me, was was pretty smart on his part. He actually called her bluff. Like, no, I'm not going to demote you. Because... I know exactly what you're doing and I'm not going to fall for it. And I thought that was pretty savvy on his part. Also, he promoted Boimler after everything else that happened, but he found out that it was Mariner that gave Boimler the pep talk and Boimler was able to keep it together and he still got promoted. So these last couple of episodes I've been noticing Jack Ransom is no dummy. I think he might know what he's doing. I think he might know what he's doing.
1: Oh, I mean, I definitely think he knows what he's doing, but he's, I, I,
0: I guess what I feel like is Ransom is trying to bring the best out of all of the junior officers. He's trying to bring the best out of the lower deckers. He's trying to get the best out of Boimler. He's trying to get the best out of Mariner because they're, they're both in red, command red. And from the looks of it, it looks like it might be working, which is why I'm looking at Ransom and saying he's, he's no dummy.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with that. I just, there's still something about him that rubs me the wrong way.
0: <laughs> Is it the teeth? It's the teeth, isn't it? Those uh, new teeth he got were weird.
1: <laughs> the new teeth were weird, yeah.
0: The new teeth were weird. But that was funny, seeing Mariner pu- literally punch his teeth out because he ordered her to. That was funny. Yeah. Um. So we're two episodes in to season four. I'm having fun so far. Uh, I like that Lower Decks is not like toning down to the crazy because I think that works for this show. It's animated so they can do anything. We get the general idea that the Cerritos runs into more than the average starship in terms of genuinely really, really crazy things that happen. Uh like Ransom said about Voyager, shit got freaky. Uh, which it did. Uh so on the Cerritos, things get freakier. And that's saying a lot about Voyager. And I'm having more fun with it now than I did in earlier seasons. I'm sort of learning to embrace the fact that lower decks is Unrelentingly batshit crazy, and I think once you go into the show knowing that Lower Decks is really unhinged, you can kind of buckle in and go for the ride. So, I'm enjoying it so far. I mean, it's it's
1: it's Lower Decks. <laughs> we all know. Anyone who listens to the show knows Lower Decks is not typically my type of show. I have appreciation for it. Um, it's Lower Decks. It it is what it is. You know, it's its own category of crazy. So
0: it is definitely its own category of crazy. That that much is for sure. And we'll see how season four unfolds. We'll see how it unfolds. So. Star Trek Day occurred and came and went. We got uh, a nice little video from uh, Chris O'Donnell, who plays Jack Ransom.
1: Jerry O'Connell.
0: Jerry O'Connell. That's his brother. And we got the announcement for the very short Trek episodes, which are going to be these short animated episodes in the style of Star Trek The Animated Series celebrating its 50th anniversary. Whether or not it's canon or not is a different discussion for a different podcast. Go somewhere else for it. We got the first Very Short Trek, which they also said is definitely not canon. The Very Short Treks are, quote, anything but canon. So let's just put that out there. We got the first Very Short Trek... Entitled "Skin a Cat." Yeah, this was something. This was definitely something, wasn't it, Heather?
1: <laughs> oh, I I I'd, I'd like that four minutes of my life back. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I and and here's the thing: I am not a Jim Kirk fan. I've never been a Jim Kirk fan, but. Even I will tell you, Jim Kirk does not act like he did in that episode. Like that was so ridiculously offensive to the character of Jim Kirk. Here's the um, thing
0: about that Heather. I was looking at the credits on YouTube and it has the the voice cast and everything. It has Ethan Peck as Spock obviously. Yeah. And it has Pete Holmes as captain it doesn't give him a name so maybe it's not jim kirk
1: it was fucking implied that it was kirk okay well i i I mean he looks like kirk it was made to imply that he was kirk and they did that on purpose
0: sure but i'm I'm not gonna argue that
1: yeah it, it was made to look like it was kirk and it it I I don't know. Just everything that happened in that. I mean, I get the whole joke that they were making with the idioms or whatever, um, but then especially right at the end when he talks about, oh well, everything I, I'm talking about shows up and then describes like his perfect woman, like that that uh, was that was really offensive.
0: <laughs> that was pretty stupid.
1: <laughs> that was. Really misogynistic, so I.
0: And then the ship blew up.
1: <laughs> yeah, so hopefully they all died. Just saying.
0: Let's hope that the next very short trek is a little better. That's what we'll say.
1: Well, I know um, that there'll be one that features Hemmer, which I'm I'm excited about. I know that there will be one that features Trip, which was also written by Aaron Watke. Uh, one of the executive producers of Prodigy. So I'm sure that one will be very good. So I, I'm sure we'll get a couple of these that are very good. It just it really started out on a bad note. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not not the greatest start. Th- this, this definitely has some TNG season one energy, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's room to grow, if you will. Definitely. Now let's talk about star trek prodigy since they didn't on star trek day a couple of days ago there was someone who flew a banner in los angeles over the buildings of i believe it was the netflix building with a Um, banner
1: so i i think it was a couple of weeks ago at this point yeah but The banner flew over the headquarters of Netflix, uh, Prime, Hulu, and Apple uh, in the attempt to garner some sort of attention for saving Star Trek Prodigy.
0: Heather, I think I might have a controversial opinion on this. I think okay. it's great that there is a there's a level of support for Star Trek Prodigy. And, I, and I'm glad that there are fans that are willing to go to this length. I'm a little concerned that things are getting desperate for Star Trek Prodigy. We were both at STLV. And we both heard coming out of the panel, or, or or the writers of Star Trek Prodigy, coming out of STLV, they said that they were 95% sure that they would find a new home for Star Trek Prodigy. Here we are, and we really haven't heard any news. And when they said they were 95% sure... I felt like we were a lot closer than maybe we actually are. And I'm a little concerned that that might be a sign, literally, that saving Star Trek Prodigy might be falling on deaf ears. I'm a little concerned.
1: I, I'm i not concerned because you got to look at it this way. Studios are not producing any new content right now. They're going to run out of new content eventually. Out of the stuff they already have produced. And they are going to need something new to put on their airways. And Star Trek Prodigy is going to be sitting there waiting for them. I'm not concerned. It might take a few months. It might take till the beginning of next year but the studios are nowhere near close to having a contract and these strikes will keep going and as long as they keep going they have nothing new to put on their their TV screens the new the new television season is starting this month and they have no new content to put on their TV channels that will get desperate at some point for the studios Ain't nothing going to get desperate for them. The show is finished. They're just waiting. It's all a waiting game. Nothing is desperate for them. But they're going to need new content. And it's perks that it's an animated show. Because animated shows are not affected by the strike. Because that's a different union. So if the studios want the strike to keep going, they don't want to come to a compromise. They don't want to get, find a new contract. They need new content to put on their shows. They have a full season of an animated show just sitting there and they can produce more right now because it's animated. It's a no brainer. It's just going to take time for someone to realize that I ain't desperate. I think it's going to happen. The situation that's in the Hollywood right now, it's going to happen because there someone is going to get desperate enough to pick up the show because they need it. It'll happen.
0: Okay. Okay. I hear you. I do. My issue is Hollywood network executives are some of the stupidest fucking people on the planet. They're stupid and spiteful. And
1: they're stupid I'm, and spiteful, but they're greedy. They're greedy and they're, and they're not going to make any fucking money if they don't have new shit on their their airwaves. They are above being stupid and spiteful. They are greedy.
0: Do you remember the the last strike that happened and we saw a surge in reality TV that was produced <laughs> reality TV and game shows?. <clears throat>
1: Yeah,
0: I, I worry that something like that might happen again. I worry that the executives might just say, "Fuck it, we'll do more reality shows and game shows."
1: Okay, but I think you're worrying too much. I do I, that I, a lot. I, 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 do that I a mean, lot. the 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 content that Prodigy produce is geared towards kids. Kids are not. Yeah, they're not going to produce. Kid reality shows. Okay. So. But they can't make. Live action kid shows. Right now. So they're going to need. More animated. Okay. Okay. It's not the same. uh, Demographic. That they're going for in which the reality and game shows would be produced in order to provide content for that. Prodigy isn't going to fill that demographic anyway. So, yeah. I think you're worrying too much.
0: I do that a lot. I, I do that a lot. Um, I, I definitely hear where you're coming from. And I hope you are right. I really, really do. Because I think Star Trek Prodigy deserves to be seen, it deserves a home, and it deserves its second season to be seen, and it deserves to make more. I really hope you're right. I really, really do. Um, And obviously we're not alone, because just earlier today, the word going around on social media is that October 28th, and I'll remind everybody about this when we get a little closer, October 28th is going to be Star Trek Prodigy Day. Since Prodigy wasn't talked about on Star Trek Day, some fans are making a Star Trek Prodigy Day on October 28th. I really like this idea. I I really like this idea a lot, and I'm looking forward to... I'm looking forward to seeing what Trekkies do with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, when Trekkies get their mind into something, they're going to make it happen, and that, that showed many times over the years. So I I don't see that being any different here.
0: Even if it is for Jake Pog.
1: <laughs> Insert Lucille Bloop gif here. <laughs>
0: all right uh i think we've covered just about everything we're all caught up heather
1: i think i think we are yes
0: all right well then in that case heather thank you as always for doing this with me again it is so nice to talk to you about star trek and everything else it it is so nice to talk to you again it was great seeing you at stlv uh i'm glad you had such a great time i'm glad you had a good birthday and it's just great to do this with you again
1: Yes, it, it, it's been a pleasure, and I'm sorry it took so long till we got to do this again, but I'm um, good, good now, so ready to go and talk about Lower Decks as the season goes on. And,
0: and we will, and uh, I believe we have our 75th episode coming up, and I'm going to, uh, it's my turn to find a guest, and I think I might have one. Uh, and I also might be appearing on a podcast myself. We might be doing a, a Federation podcast exchange, if you will. So stay tuned for that, everybody. Uh, yes. Thank you once again for listening to the Promenade Merchants podcast. <coughs> you can follow Heather on the site that used to be called Twitter at NerdyGal33. You can follow me on Blue Sky at DeltaJulietMike. That's Delta. For D, Juliet, J, Mike, M, my initials, Delta Juliet Mike, on Blue Sky. You can follow the podcast on the site formerly known as Twitter at prom Trek Pod. If you're listening to this, that means I've got my web hosting back up, and you you can get this wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Google Music, everywhere. Just get it, give it a listen, share it with your friends. Let's talk about Star Trek. Thank you, Heather, as always. Thank all of you for listening. And until next time.
1: Oopsie! And watch for the shoe.